Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, the theme of the night was adaptations, and Ashley Hall shared a story about what it was like to lose a girlfriend and gain a sex toy. All right. Um, my story, um, I'm kind of still living it, so um, it's kind of a, a little bit of a fresh wound, which means... Tonight is go, it's going to go one of two ways. Either I'm going to feel stronger and freer, maybe a little lighter for telling it, like a really great free group therapy session, or at some point I'm going to cry and totally ruin my tough dyke image, which I, I mean, I'm barely holding on to that at this point. Um, all right, so my story begins just over a year ago. I was, um, I was walking down the beach, but it wasn't just a regular walk down the beach. It was, it was a fate walk down the beach. It was, it was the stars aligning, the universe conspiring kind of walk. I was, I was going to visit a friend. Instead of parking at her house like I normally would, on this day I decided I would park at the, the public beach access and kind of force myself to take a, a long walk down the beach. And I'm on the way back and I see, this, uh, I see this woman sitting on the beach, and she's sitting all by herself, and oh, she's, she's absolutely beautiful and, and interesting. She has this, this kind of hippie, bohemian, gypsy look going on, so I'm like, oh my God, you know, I, I've got to talk to this woman. I have to. So, of course, I keep walking, and I just walk past her. I sit down on the beach, and I pretend to read my book of Jim Morrison poetry, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I know she saw me. I look like a total idiot. I can't go back now. And what am I going to say? She's probably not even gay. And then she lights a cigarette. And you can say what you want about smoking, but on this day, smoking helped me tremendously. So I walk up. I pretend I don't have a lighter. Can I get a light? And she's not, she's not crazy. She's not a bitch. And she's not gay, but she is bi, so I'm halfway in already. And uh, we talk for like 30 minutes on the beach, and... We have so many things in common, like our birthday. We share the same birthday, albeit 11 years apart. Now, she didn't look like we were that far apart in age. And I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, I'm 29. She's 40. That's over a decade. She's way too old for me. But she's awesome, and I want to keep talking to her. By now, the sun's setting. I've got to get back to my car. So I give her my business card, and I say, you ever want to hang out, shoot me a text or give me a call, and I leave. And I'm like, oh, you know, that was great, but, you know, I still kind of... I still kind of pussied out. Like, I didn't ask her for her number. I just left her my card. Like, I'll probably never hear from her again. And other than the fact that her name is Teresa and she lives somewhere on this beach, I have no way of contacting her. It takes me about 30 minutes to get home. I'm walking through my front door and my phone goes off. And it was her. She didn't even, like, use the three-day rule. Do people still do that? Like, three days? <laughs> so I was super excited. Over the course of the next nine months, we become really good friends. Um, we start to hang out more, we start to talk more, and the age gap is just, it becomes irrelevant. I don't even see an age gap between us, so uh, my feelings for her begin to grow quite a bit, and this Christmas Eve, this past Christmas Eve, I kissed her for the first time, and I was super smooth about it. I had it all planned out and everything. A couple of weeks before, I was at this pub in Virginia Beach, and they had real mistletoe hanging up, so I took a picture of it with my phone, and I had shown her this picture casually <laughs> and uh we're hanging out I look at the clock and I say oh you know it's 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 just after midnight it's Christmas Eve and 
my phone had, was turned off. I, I had an ex that was like blowing up my phone. Where are you? What are you doing? And um, so I turned the phone off so it wouldn't mess up my game. It's after midnight, it's Christmas Eve, and I say, you know, I could go in there, I could get my phone, I could turn it on, I could pull up that picture, I could put my phone above your doorway, or you could just let me kiss you. Smooth, right? <laughs> well, it totally worked. Kissing was great, you know, fireworks and sparks and energy, and she had me. So we're going to spend New Year's Eve together. And New Year's Eve is the, uh, the first night that we slept together. And she had me at the kiss. I'm not going anywhere now. Like, I am in it to win it now. The next day, New Year's Day, was, it was one of those perfect days. Like, a perfect for no reason kind of day. You know, we were super hungover, but we were hungover together. And we went to the store and got, you know, eggs and milk. And she cooked breakfast. And uh, we cuddled on the couch and watched that romantic classic Pulp Fiction and uh, it, was, it was just a perfect nothing day. It was, I, think, I think many of us have had those days, and you look back after you lived it, and you're like, oh, man, that was one of my favorite days ever. And it, it continued to progress after that. We would have to make plans for our dates twice. You know, I'd call her up and be like, hey, you want to go to a movie? And I'd get there, and we'd never leave the house. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Stay with me, folks. All right, so, and then we did really cheesy romantic things that when you're not in love with someone, you make fun of, and it sounds really stupid. Like, we would slow dance on the back porch, and we, oh, God. One night, we actually recited the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet. I fucking kid you not. <laughs> Obviously, I, I was Romeo. And it's, it sounds ridiculous, even like admitting that to you. I'm like, oh my God, what a fucking sap. But in the moment, that, it was the most romantic thing I have ever done, I think, in my entire life. And it was great. We would, um, sometimes we would just stare into each other's eyes, like for an awkwardly long time if it was anybody else. And it wasn't just because we were stoned. Like there was, we were really having a moment. <laughs> One night we're, uh, we're laying in bed and she tells me that she thinks she's falling in love with me. And I say, I think I'm already in love with you. And she said, I know, everyone keeps telling me that. (laughs) I'm not done, wait for it. She said, that's one of the things that I think I love the most about you is that everyone around us can see how much you love me. Okay, now, aww. (laughs) All right. So everything's great. She's falling in love with me. So I feel like, okay, now's the time. I can broach this subject, which leads me to perhaps, no, 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 not perhaps, absolutely the most important shopping experience of my entire life thus far. I'm like, we know where the people that know me are sitting. So I'm like, you know, babe, I've I've always wanted a strap on and I've never had one. And she's like, of course, absolutely you should do that. I told you she's bi. So I'm like, yes. All right. So we go to Nancy's Nook. All right. We pull up in the parking lot and I'm like, look, Teresa, I don't know dick. I really don't. But from what she's told me thus far, okay, six inches is average. Seven is good. Eight is awesome. 
girth is important. So I'm like, all right. So we go to the eights. She looks at it. It's a fucking monster. She said, there's no way I'm getting pounded by that on a regular basis. We're dropping back down to the sevens. I find one I like. Realism was important to me. I didn't want like a neon purple vibrating strobe light glow in the dark with accessories kind of dick. Like, I want flesh tones. If it's not extra for balls, I could get into that. So I find my dick, super excited, super happy with it. I feel like we're bonding already. I haven't even paid for it yet. But we're not done. I need a harness. It's not going to stay on by itself. So we go to the harnesses, and it's a, it's a fucking nightmare. It's leather and buckles and thongs. And there's no way I'm having sex with my girlfriend with like a piece of leather riding up my ass crack. I'm like a, I'm like a boxer brief kind of girl, so this is, it's not going to work for me. I'm like, all right, I've already fallen in love with my dick, so I'm buying that. I'm going to go online, I'm going to order a harness. I'm disappointed. It's not ready for action yet, but I can wait a little while. I go online, I find this great company called Rodeo H out of San Francisco. No, I'm not a sponsor. I'm just, I'm just giving them a plug. Because they make... They make boxer brief harnesses. What? So I got these hot little red and black boxer briefs. Like, I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to be fucking... Oh, it's going to be great. It's all going to be good. But now I got to wait like a week. Like, we're talking coasts here. So I got to calm myself down. Now we're approaching Super Bowl Sunday. And I invite her to come watch the game with me and my family. That's right. I'm bringing her home to mom, which I've never done before. But it goes good. Like, it's, it's an uneventful evening. Uh, my family's really laid back. She's really laid back. Everybody gets along. It's fine. Nothing to write home about. But after that, she starts getting like, kind of weird. Uh, she starts getting kind of distant. Uh, she's not as affectionate. She's not texting or calling as much as she was. And I'm like, oh, all right. So maybe mom and dad freaked her out. Maybe it made it too real. But maybe, maybe not because she's got a shit ton of her own stuff going on, like heavy stuff that has nothing to do with me. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to play it cool. I'm not going to be clingy. I'm not going to be that girl. She'll come back, you know, when she's done dealing with her shit. And uh, actually the next, the next date night, we're going to watch The Walking Dead. And, you know, she's being weird. She, she made it very clear it wasn't going to be a sleep overnight. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I go over and watch the show. The show goes off, and I'm all right, uh, you want to smoke a cigarette before I leave? And she says, no, I'm good on the cigarette, but do you want to come lay down with me for a little bit? Like, yeah, I want to come lay down with you for a little bit. So like, my first thought is, yes, I'm getting laid. And then my second thought is, fuck, I don't have my dick. <laughs> the harness had come in by now, folks. I was ready to go. Like you, sir, you always have your dick with you. You're always, I have to prepare. (laughs) This was also the first night that uh, when she was done with me that she kind of made me feel like a booty call. Like up until this point, like we'd have sex, we'd cuddle, we'd talk, we'd fall asleep in each other's arms and wake up and have coffee. This time she's like, okay, thanks. I've got to get up early. Like, oh, fuck you, man. (laughs) So she continues to get distant after this. You know, she, um, it's progressive. It's not like it's overnight. It's a process so that she like slowly backs away from me until she's eventually ghosting me, 
which I didn't even know what ghosting was until recently. If you don't know, um, you can be ghosted by a lover, by somebody you're dating. A friend can ghost you. They just, they stop texting. They stop returning texts or calls. They just become a ghost. They, they kind of disappear on you. So I become self-destructive. And um, for me, that, that mostly, and, and not everybody realizes that because like on social media, I'm having a fucking blast. I'm going to the bars. Girls are buying me drinks. I'm having a blast. Life is good. Ashley's happy. But at home, I'm like chain smoking. I'm drinking copious amounts of alcohol, listening to Fleetwood Mac and crying. <laughs> and um, that goes on for a little while. I might still be on the tail end of that. And then she sends me a Facebook message. And it basically says that um, she can't handle the emotions of a relationship. She can't handle the potential for pain, not just her own, but for the other person, that she just has too much going on and she just can't do it right now. Could we just go back to being friends? So I sit with that for a minute. Take a shot. I message her back and I say, you know, I'll always be your friend, Teresa, but I, 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 this isn't a conversation I want to have via messenger. I'd like to sit down and talk with you. So she blows me off for a couple weeks. And then yesterday, yesterday, I saw her for the first time in um, about a month and a half, and we avoided the subject for a while. And, and then she started talking, and, you know, she's sorry. And I did everything right, she says. I was perfect. And she cares so much for me. And she hates the pain that she's caused and is causing, but that she just can't do it. And so we hugged and we cried. And we hugged and cried because we're girls. And that's kind of where I am right now. That's where we are. Like, I'm literally still living this story. And um, so for me, it's, it's a story that's filled with love lost and, and heartbreak and emotional turmoil and and all that heavy shit, but, but that's not the worst part. Like, the worst part is that I've got this big dick and nowhere to put it. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you can find out about our next show, Learn how to submit your own story, and of course, listen to more Storyteller podcasts. I'm Deb Markham, producer of the show. Our live host is Brendan Kennedy. Amber Nettles, Scott Rose, and Evan Hartley provide production assistance, and Jenny Zell is our podcast consultant. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.